Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, happy Tuesday afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi. Bob Getty, I'm in the First Bank studio here in Hattiesburg, and I'm glad you're with us this afternoon. We've got a special show coming up for you, and we're really looking forward to this. Opening segment of the show today, as it is every day, sponsored by our buddies at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. They're great guys. They cook delicious food seven days a week. They'll cater your upcoming tailgate party. So with football season just around the corner at Southern Miss, we know there's going to be a lot of tailgating. We suggest you call Dickie's, get it all lined up, and you'll have the tailgate of the year to kick off the football season. Dickie's Barbecue, proud supporters of the Eagle Hour. All right, we're going to depart from the norm a little bit today and get away from our more traditional uh, programming because there's a very special event taking place here in South Mississippi, actually in the city of Laurel, and that's where uh, my buddy Kelly Sander and Michael Mergens are at this afternoon. It is the Dixie Youth World Series taking place in Laurel. I believe this is the fourth time uh, in the history of that great city and its recreation department that they've hosted this national baseball tournament. Kelly and Michael are on location right now at the ball fields. Kelly, uh, good afternoon to you and Michael both. Bob, thank you. We are covered from the sun. It is a little bit warm and a little bit humid, and some of the teams are already uh, driving in for a 2 o'clock game for uh, one of the one of the uh, age divisions that are here. The city of Laurel actually has been hosting baseball for a while here this month and last, and this will kind of wrap things up. And here to kind of tell us more about it is Alvin Omer, who for 20 years has been the Park and Recreations Director for the city of Laurel. So all those World Series that you talked about, Bob Getty, have been under the watchful eye of uh, Coach Omer here. We welcome you, Alvin. Good to have you here. Not not very often you get to actually sit under a tent here and, and kick your feet back uh, for a little while, but uh, kind of fill in the blanks. Let's talk about the facility, first of all, here. We used to call it the Laurel Sportsplex. I don't know if they still call it that. But let's talk about the acreage and all of the different things that are encased here in this acreage. Yes, we have a total of about 350 acres here. Uh, back in 98, we built the first part of the Sportsplex, which is the Susan Boone Vincent Sportsplex. They named after Mayor Vincent. Uh, they built uh, six soccer fields, eight tennis courts, uh, Six softball fields, and uh, we have a natatorium, uh, 50 meter Olympic size pool, and we have a uh, walking track, and we have a nature trail. And you also got what's called a, a splash pad, which is right behind us. Not operational today, but this time of year, I'll bet that's a popular spot. Yes, we actually have a splash pad that was donated uh, to us by a, uh, a leadership group. They raised the money, and we did the labor, and it's uh, 
probably our most used uh, piece of equipment we have. And I'm and I'm I was not familiar with the term splash pad, but they're they're pipes that come up out of cement, and normally there'll be water shooting out of them, right. so the kids will like to run through it and right. and cool themselves off on on a day like today. And we mentioned there are different age groups that are actually participating at the Dixie Youth Baseball World Series this year, all the way down to the eight year olds. Tell us about all that. Yeah. So what we did this time it was the first time Dixie Youth had ever done it. So about three years ago they did it, they developed what they call the D2 division. The D2 division is for smaller cities like uh, Richston, Taylorsville, uh, Mize, Raleigh, places like that. So we actually hosted that tournament last week. It started uh, last Thursday and it went through Tuesday. That was 48 teams. Uh, actually went through Wednesday. Uh, so Thursday we had one day to turn the facility back around. Then the D1 came in. That's just actually who's here this week. Uh, that's another 48 teams. So we had a total of 96 teams that's been in here over the last uh, two weeks. So when you talk about D2, to put it in uh, in collegiate or high school perspective, last week was the 1A, 2A, 3A classification, right. if you will. Right. And this week the 4A, 5A, 6A. Right. But there's different age groups that encompass that as well. Right. So right now there's four different age groups. We have what we call the 8U. That's the coach pitch. They are actually playing down at the new facility, our softball complex. That's to the south of me. Then we have what we call the Triple uh, A. It's a ten-year-old. Uh, they're actually playing on these two fields here, and right next to we have the uh, uh, the majors. That is the uh, Dixie Youth version of the the twelve-year-old closed base. And then we have the Ozone, which is a 12-year-old open base. Yeah, and Ozone, I think, was implemented about 10 years ago, right. probably, to try to keep up with the, some of the select baseball right. divisions that play nothing but open ba- open, right. open baseball. And really, to kind of put in uh, into perspective, too, where and how big this facility is, not only was the Boone Sports Complex to the front, but the back part now, Elvin, part of it was the old Bear Creek Golf Course. Yes. I mean, it's interesting that as old as I am, I remember Bear Creek Golf course but some younger residents of laurel don't even know what i'm talking about when i say the bear creek golf course but that was all taken in as part of this as well right so the bear creek bear creek golf course has been around forever and they shut down probably seven eight years ago and it gave us the opportunity because we've had this 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 project of the eight plex softball complex has actually originated the idea about back in 2005 and when they shut down, it kind of gave us an opportunity to come in and kind of redevelop that piece of property. And uh, it's been great. It's been great. It's still under construction. We have four fields built, the youth fields. Now, we got dirt work uh, already going on on four more fields, which are going to be our adult softball fields. Elvin Olmer's with us. He's the uh, director of parks and recs here in Laurel. I kind of joked in our, our pre-show discussion, Elvin, that I didn't think cities could really make any money at these tournaments, um, that they do it more as a goodwill gesture and help out the hotel, motels, and so on and so forth. But if it's done right, cities can make money, and, and Laurel has over the, over the years, including this time with all the, everybody coming to town. you got a bunch of teams, as you mentioned. Right. We had 96 teams here. Uh, you know, obviously we can't keep everybody in Laurel. Uh, Hattiesburg probably benefits the most for sales tax tourism dollars. But with the way we look at it, you know, law, you know, we don't have beaches, we don't have mountains, we don't have a university here. So we look at ways we can bring people into the city of law that for whatever reason would never come. And would that give us opportunity, you know, to showcase, you know, law Jones County. We show them good southern hospitality. Uh, if we can't do anything else right, we can do youth sports right here. And and the, the state of Louisiana team always seems to enjoy themselves even after hours. <laughs> right. They they are definitely they are definitely you know the life of the bunch. 
you know, we had two different opening ceremonies. We did it at Law High School between the bricks. So, obviously, you know, we were parade the teams in. And obviously, when the Louisiana teams comes in, they throw bees and everything else. So, the crowd get excited. You know, they'll look different, you know. but And, Bob, Bob Getty, I know you're listening to this. You'll get a kick out of this. And this is the 8U that's playing right. over here at, at 2 o'clock. The South Carolina team, Bob, of 8-year-olds huh? came in in a, in a decked-out travel bus. <laughs> <laughs> like a like a greyhound bus. These eight year olds yeah, it's coming amazing. up in, it's in this bus. So they're they're doing it up doing it up right. And really, plans for this particular edition of the World Series started two years, two ago, years ago with a bidding process. Right. So Dixie usually they go do a bidding process. So you bid you you bid on it two years in advance. So obviously you get it, you have two years to actually to prepare for it. So in the process of doing that, you know, once you get it, you know, you. You, you bring on the local community, you get your volunteers and all, you know, obviously we seek sponsorship from, you know, businesses, local businesses to help do this. Uh, it costs a lot of money to do it, you know, so you have to have sponsorship to do it. You know, the city puts forth some money, uh, but at the end of the day, it's all worth it. And the fact that you've already had World Series in a, in a relatively short period of time, this is, a, this is not a... This isn't your first rodeo. So no, we actually hosted in uh, 2009, 2013, and 2016. This tournament here was actually supposed to be last year, but due to COVID, you know, they just backed everything. They backed everything up a, a year. So what we have going on here, we have everything that Dixie Youth offer all age groups. So this is the first time that has ever been done, and the city law is just one of the few cities cities that have you know the facilities to do something like that. You know, so there was there was uh yesterday. They did the bidding process for 2023, and there was four different states here bidding for 2023. And I know next year, like we got everything here this year, but next year this Dixie Euphoria Series is going to be divided up into three different states. And actually, in the the 23 version, we think Brookhaven, Mississippi, got one of the eight. They did. Brookhaven actually won the bid for the 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 AA, the D2, and the D1. Eight U, so they'll be hosting that in Brookhaven uh, in 2023. The fields look great; they're all manicured, not a hair out of place. I would imagine the rain was a little bit problematic early on, but now you're getting the benefits of of all the rain we had because everything looks great. You know, usually it's very seldom that you can go through a tournament, especially a two a, a two week tournament, and get no rain. We have been blessed, you know, from the from the gods above for the weather. It's been hot, which has been great for us. We get to sell a lot of water, poway, and etc. Uh, the Virginia and the North Carolina people have been having a little problem with it, you know, with the humidity. So, But other than that, everything's been good. Yeah, the Powerade and water I can see would be popular. I'm more interested in the et cetera. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, gotcha. <laughs> that, gotcha. That might be sold a little, bit, a little bit later on. Well, congratulations to you and your staff, and I'm sure this is fully taxed. Everybody on your staff put this together, but the end is near. And uh, great facilities here with nearly 500 acres as part of the Sportsplex. Laurel Centrally located with interstates coming in from every direction. So a great location to be. We're broadcasting the Eagle Hour live from the Dixie Youth Baseball World Series still to come. Some of the best players to ever play at Laurel Jones County. You know how I know? They told me so. And we'll be talking to them as the Eagle Hour continues in just a moment.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, glad you're with us this afternoon. Welcome back to the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. Bob Getty with you this afternoon. Michael Mergens and Kelly Sander over in Laurel. We'll be going back to them in just a moment. First, we'll remind you about our good friends at Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Southern Miss football apparel arriving each and every day. The inventory has never been better. They're open six days a week right across from the Southern Miss campus. Or, of course, you can shop them online at CampusBookmart.net. We're at the Dixie Youth World Series in Laurel. Tomorrow, the JT Show will be in Laurel, and they'll be broadcasting from the complex tomorrow statewide from 10 o'clock until 10 10 in the morning to 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. That JT broadcast, special edition of the JT Show, uh, sponsored by the City of Laurel and Mayor Johnny McGee, Ellisville Auto Parts, the Jones County Board of Supervisors, Spartan Mosquito Company, at Wallace Street Forestry. We want to thank those fine businesses for, and government for making it possible for us to uh, bring the JT Show with Gerard uh, down to the ball complex tomorrow. Really looking forward to that. We're at the Dixie Youth World Series site in Laurel, taking a little break from our normal programming because we just think the Dixie Youth World Series is such a great event for the state of Mississippi and, of course, uh, South Mississippi. Kelly Center and Michael Morgan's are on location. We're going to go back to the ballpark with those two guys. Bob, thanks very much. We're here under our Super Talk uh, Mississippi tent right next to the splash pad, if you're familiar with the layout here at the ballpark at the uh, Sportsplex. Talking now, with, and, and I kidded as we went into the commercial break, I'm saying that, in my opinion, these three are, are, are three of, of better, if not the upper crust of uh, baseball players that have ever come through the Laurel Jones County program. Chuck Robertson's here. He actually kind of went the football route. Too. We're going to talk a little bit uh, with him about that. David Tanner and Corey Kaiser are here, who I actually coached against. They've changed a little bit. Of course, they said the same thing to me. <laughs> and, and so we've all gotten reacquainted here. Guys, good to have you here. And as you, as it's only natural, I guess, to kind of harken back to, quote, unquote, the good old days when you guys were playing at Merchant Park in Ellisville. And this sports complex didn't even exist. So when you talk about the Dixie Youth World Series and and producer Todd Elsey calls you and says, hey, we want to do this show and we want you guys to come on, what sort of memories, we'll start with you, Corey, what sort of memories did, did that bring back for you? Uh, just a flood of great memories. Uh, the guy sitting here to my right, David Tanner, probably the the best 12-year-old player. You, you see the Little League World Series on TV and they, they hit 300-foot home runs. This dude was doing that before... It was cool to do that. Uh, if you go to Merchants on the 12-year-old field, there's actually a, a, the building up there. I would say it's a good 150 feet past the 200-foot field, and this dude was hitting them over it. Me and Chuck tried all we could. We couldn't even make it to the building. This dude's hitting them over the building at, at 12. That's really quite a compliment, David Tanner, considering the guy sitting next to you was drafted uh, as a Major League Baseball player and threw the ball as hard as anybody I ever saw at the age of 11 and 12. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I was just riding on the coattails of these two guys. I mean, it was either step up or get left behind, you know, playing with these guys. So, you know, like you said, the the memories that come back from World Series is just playing baseball and all in general is just, just great memories, man. We just... I cherished every moment of it. Did did you as you as you hear Corey say something like that about you? And you obviously have got 
other people that that maybe know who you are but don't know what you were back then how do you answer things like that when somebody says the david tanner you know for example uh not really I don't, i'm kind of humble uh you know just and you've this, always been kind of quiet yeah. this guy here to my left kaiser you know he uh I mean, he's going pro, throwing 95, 96, you know, I kind of. And weighed about 110 pounds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I kind of stopped when I was 13, and he just kept going. So Chuck, you went the, uh, you, it would be natural to go the baseball route, but you went the football route and actually have a state championship under your belt at, uh, at Taylorsville High School. Tell us about the transition from baseball to football and why you went the football route. Uh, one thing. I'm going to see if his mic is uh his mic is on here. We want to make sure we we get him on. Yeah, at Taylorsville, we mentioned that uh, that he won a state championship. Yeah, it, it's it's no different. Uh, my dad was always uh, we he always coached us when we were growing up. Uh, my dad was a football coach when I was younger, uh, and I had an older brother who, who played football as well. So uh, as as they talked about growing up, I kind of grew wider instead of up. So you know, football to me was just more of the the better progression for me and. Uh, you know, uh, when we were younger, um, you know, I, we, I still we all played football growing up, and uh, they they kind of just stayed with baseball. And, and, and the football route, uh, it wasn't so much that, you know, it, that's the opportunity I had to, to go get a free education, and so that's that's just that kind of was more natural toward me uh, to go that route. Uh, you know, I enjoyed baseball part of it, but I was more built for the, the football part of it. Was the mentality between the two sports any different, and if so, how? Um, you know, I, like I said, my father coached us, so the mentality between the, the two sports was um, there was not much different. Uh, you know, you played hard or you didn't get to play. Uh, you know, you, you, you gave effort or you didn't get to play. So uh, there, there's, a, there's a fine line with being aggressive and being a little cocky. So, that you know, there, there's, there's no, like, even when I was coaching at Taylorsville, we encouraged all players to play every sport because there's no negative for a pitcher to be put in a situation where it's fourth and one or a, 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 a tight end to be put in a situation where he has to make a free throw in a game-winning situation or has to make a pitch. So anytime you put in any kind of tough situation, and it, it, I, I think there's no negative in that. I think you know that's one thing that I hate about uh, these kids nowadays want to specialize in is I think any time that you can give your body rest from one sport to the next and, and go enjoy other sports and, and, and get to know other people. Uh, you know, you talk about, you, at the beginning of the show, you talked about us bringing up memories. We, we have a, a conversation, a, a text group that we talk all the time uh, to this day. And so it wasn't because that, uh, you know, of anything but sports. You know, sports brought us together and it kind of keep us together too. So it, it, it's been a, a full circle effect for, especially for us. And I, and I, when I ask these questions, I don't want to embarrass you guys because I see you kind of blushing when I ask these questions. But, and they're not meant to be patronizing. But, but when I talk to people who are, are of your age, I mean, those, your names always come up. And I said, look, I lived it. I had to coach against them. So don't tell me, right? I mean, I, I know what you, did you, did you know? You were good at the time, and that sounds like a really Coy always knew he was good, whether whether, whether he thought he was or not. But when Coy walked on the field, he thought he was the best. So, well, and, and that was the mentality to me that that separated a lot of us. When 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 I stepped on the field, it didn't matter if I was twelve, if I was practicing with a high school team, I'm still better than you. So I'm going to take that mentality. It doesn't matter if you're eighteen and I'm twelve or. If, to this day, I'm I'm 43. If I get out there with my daughter on softball field, that she's 12, I'm still better than them, and I, and I can hit it further. I can throw it harder, and, and if I can't, I'll come back tomorrow and we'll play again. 
Well, I, I, with, with all due respect, Corey, I hope you're better That's than what eight I'm year old. I, I'm not. <laughs> Age has come on, and it, it's uh, it's not pretty now. At what time in your particular uh, situation, Corey, did you did you start getting word that you might have a skill set that the that would be useful in the major leagues? And how did you guys react to all the the pub that he was getting a little bit later on? We'll start with Corey. I think it was uh, right before my senior year, so I didn't play football in high school. Uh, right before baseball starts, I have, uh, you know, in, in January or so. Around that October, November mark, I start going to uh, some some camps where I'm getting recruited. And all of a sudden, the magic numbers of, of 91, 92 comes about. So light bulbs start going off in people's heads, and it's, it's like, uh-oh, you know, I may be... I may be a little better than than I used to be, but you did commit to UNO. Yep. Right. Yep. The, uh, great, the great Ron Maestri was coaching there. Yep. Right. Uh, and and that was a fallback. We'll have to tell that story off there. Okay. Of All why right. we did that, uh, but it was it was at the time it was one of the second or third largest scholarships ever. You know, baseball doesn't have but eleven point seven five scholarships. They offered a seventy percent scholarship. Sure. For an out of state student, so that was. You know, it beat Ole Miss's 20%. It beat Mississippi State's 15%. So let's roll with that. Sure, sure. But I'm saying, but then you get the call. You then, get drafted in the relatively early rounds of the major league yep. draft. The but, Royals? Yep. Kansas City Royals. Royals. Okay. So you got a decision to make. Yep. Just tell uh, us how that went. It's always been my goal when I was, when we were here at these World Series as 10, 11, 12 years old, I wanted to play professional baseball. I didn't say major leagues. I wanted professional. So given the opportunity. So no Detroit Tigers nope, then? Nope. <laughs> Our Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> professional baseball. Yeah. Okay. But, but, you know, I mean, it was one of those. It was it was the opportunity of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to seize the, the, the moment when it comes. And, you know, knowing now that. And, and then you, they always put in your contract that they'll pay for college. So I can go to college now and play baseball, or I can go to college later, and I can say something, I did something that most 9, 10, 11, 12-year-olds only dream about. So you, so, so it you made get, it easy. So you guys get the word that Corey's going pro or whatever, everybody starts looking at him. How, how do you guys react to that, that here's one of your one of the three amigos here is going to get the call? I think, I think, you know, back playing high school, I mean, it, it took the pressure off of us. You know, we could just play. Okay, and we're going to continue that discussion with three of the better players, if not the best, to ever play in the Laurel Jones County program. They played at Ellisville Merchant Park. We'll talk about uh, this sportsplex, what the Dixie Youth World Series means to the city, and continue down memory lane as uh, this special edition of the Eagle Hour live from the 2021 Dixie Youth Baseball World Series at the Laurel Sportsplex continues after these commercial messages. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back to a special edition of the Eagle Hour from the Dixie Youth World Series in Laurel. This segment sponsored by our good buddies at Fort Street Bar and Grill, where they have the best $8.95 plate lunch five days a week. You'll find anywhere Friday is Catfish Day, taken from a boy that lived in the Delta. 
for 20 plus years. You'll never eat a better piece of catfish than you will this Friday at 4th Street Bar and Grill. And uh, we thank them very much uh, for their support of our program. All right, speaking of baseball, tomorrow on the Eagle Hour, the new Southern Miss assistant baseball coach Ben Brewer joins us. He coached under Hill Denson in the past and is now an assistant to Scott Berry. So we look very forward to introducing uh, new uh, the new coach, Coach Brewer, to the Golden Eagle Nation uh, through Eagle Hour. Thursday, former NFL football star, Golden Eagle, and Super Bowl star Todd Pinkston will be on the Eagle Hour. We certainly look forward to that conversation. And then Friday, Caleb Hamill will be joining Michael and I as we'll be helping him celebrate a big weekend at Excalibur Vapes here at Oak Grove in Hattiesburg. And uh, we look forward to uh, taking the show back on the road. Also, a quick reminder that uh, the Super Talk Network will be bringing the JT Show to the uh, Laurel Sports Complex tomorrow afternoon for a 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. statewide broadcast as we continue our coverage of the Dixie Youth World Series. All of this special coverage sponsored by the City of Laurel, Ellisville Auto Parts, the Jones County Board of Supervisors, Spartan Mosquito Company, and Wallace Forestry. And we're very grateful to those great businesses and, of course, the governments of, uh, of the City of Laurel and the Jones County Board of Supervisors for making this coverage possible. All right, back to the site of the Dixie Youth World Series with Kelly and Michael. Bob Getty, thanks very much. Continuing our discussion with Chuck Robertson, David Tanner, and Corey Kaiser, three, in my opinion, of the, the best youth baseball players to ever play at this uh, in this area, representing Laurel Jones County both in uh, in – the 1989 World Series, which was in Hattiesburg, Hattiesburg hosted it that year, and uh, and I coached in that one, and then also in 1992 in Augusta, Georgia. David Tanner, let's focus on you a little bit. Were you always a baseball guy, and you know, coming up, or were there any other sports that that uh, that you were attracted to playing? Yeah, it was just pretty much baseball. You know, I had older brothers that played, so I mean, you just kind of tagged along. And if you wanted to play in the yard, you know, you you know, if you wanted to play with them, you had to play baseball. So, and and back then, you were thickly, you know, thickly built. You weren't you weren't a, a four cylinder model like Kaiser, but you weren't a, you weren't an eight cylinder model either, like Robert. So you were kind of a six cylinder guy. Where did the power come from? I mean, and and other people, not just these two, have said he had a or he had a bat. <laughs> Well, Which we can't talk about. <laughs> we can't go on air without talking about his bat that he had. It was a rock bat. We hit rocks with it. So there were it, chinks in it? Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> it, it, it had a stamp. It had DYB. Right. But during the day, we're hitting rocks with it. You can't break the thing. And then he's hitting 300-foot home runs at night with it. But, <laughs> but they only only he could swing it now. It, it, it wasn't like it was just a, a you know, and, and bats were made different than they are now. It wasn't the, the drop 11s and drop, you know, right. it was a, a 29, 26, you know, or whatever size it was. It was, a, it was a swinging a, a log. So, David, was it just hand speed or what? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, you know, my stepdad had a thing called the rope ball. I remember the rope ball. 30 foot long on a piece of rope. Right. And you stood around, and he swung it in circles, and you got your timing down. You, you know, and just, I mean, if I was outside, I had a ball in my hand, had a bat in our hand. We'd go down to the cage on our own, even when we weren't practicing. We was all together playing baseball. So. Or playing wiffle ball. or we, yeah. we were doing something competitive all the time. Now, you were a catcher, Chuck, and, and that was actually kind of only – did you get it that position by default? Um, y- yes, because, you know, <laughs> like I told you, my dad coached, and then nobody else would catch Corey or David, and 
I didn't have a choice. It was you go catch and, you know, it, it, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, but when you talk to some of your teammates, they'll say part of that, part of the reason that you caught was because, in their words, nobody else was stupid enough to and, do it. And, and that, that has a lot to do with it as well. That We pick and play, but, yeah. You know you know how we talk about uh, having confidence and, you know, nobody else would catch them. By God, I'd catch them. You know, yeah. and, and I didn't always survive some of those nights. You know, we pick and play, but I had to have a special glove to put on. Uh, my hand would swell most of the time when both of them pitched. Seriously, it, yeah, it was you, a padded. You, you didn't put a sponge? Uh, I had some kind of pad. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, I put some kind of padded, handed. It, yeah, they laugh and pick. Look at them laughing now, but that, that's the truth. That, that was one of those deals where I saw how, how good they were and, and I wanted to be a part of it. You know, the only yeah. time you got to be a part of when them two pitched was catch. You didn't, because they didn't get many hit out in the field. They didn't get many hit to many other people. So they either struck them out or, you know, so I, the only way to be a part of the game was to catch some. So I, <laughs> I didn't mind stepping up and, and doing that. And we're out here at the Dixie Youth Baseball. World Series in Laurel, and you can hear the breeze. Thank the heavens above that we're getting this breeze in this heat today. But as you guys get to see some of these, some of the best players now from around the South, and there's there's no harm in admitting when you look at these kids, you're going, we were way better than these kids are. I mean, it's, oh yeah, don't because do, I, I, I agree. I thought that I'm going. These kids aren't near as good as yeah. the guys like you that I remember playing. Yeah, is that the case? Yeah, or, you know, we we talk about it all the time. Uh, you know, one thing that we think is different is when we play 11, 12, it was closed bases. Right. You weren't worried about picking off. You weren't worried about pitching from the stretch. You weren't worried about leading off. You wouldn't. And so these guys learn how to pitch without throwing. We didn't throw many curveballs either. Right. It was fastball and a little changeup every now and then. And well, and when they you learn, but in all fairness, when they're when, when right. Kaiser and Tanner are eleven and twelve thrown at eighty eight. That's you right. Really don't have that's right. But but the, but I think I think that that you learn the game of baseball a little more when you not have to worry about everything else. When you can go, we we use the little bats. We use the, the smaller. Didn't have the big barrel bats. Uh, you know, and I think the the skill set was a little different just because you weren't worried about the 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 other things. You learn the game of baseball. You, you know, you learn how to. Bunt, you learn how to feel the ball. You learn how to. How, they learn how to pitch. It's interesting that you say you learn how to bunt because that is one thing that is precariously absent from any baseball now, yeah. and it sickens me because that is that is a way that you can, particularly now with the major league teams going into extra innings, they put the runner at second base. They still won't bunt. And I'm going, what? What is the aversion? What is Blows the problem? My mind. What is the problem with bunting? I mean, small ball. You, you know, now, there's something from a guy that never that wouldn't bunt. It would, would would sit on the bench before he would bunt. And now, now he's an advocate for it. But but how many times was he asked to? Not many. But my yeah. dad thought everybody should bunt. So he did. Yeah, he did. And one time I did get benched because. We were beating the team, and, and Chuck hit a double, and they gave me the bunt, and I, I didn't see the sign from the coach, and I hit a home run. And I come back in, and he said, nice bunt, go sit down. <laughs> and the double for Chuck should have been, as you told me, an inside-the-park home run. Yeah, that's right. Had. That's right. Hey, look, the further you hit, the less you got to run. And I, now, I didn't get many doubles in my lifetime. That's, and you guys, we mentioned you played at, at, at Merchants Park in, in Ellisville. Does Merchants, Merchants still exist? Right, yep. but but really the the uh, the power shift, if you will, has kind of moved to the Laurel area rather than Alice. And, and looking at this, I, I see why. I mean, those fields are that's that's a minor league facilities right there. I mean, uh, that, that's that's nice. And, and Corey Kaiser, how did how did the game of baseball perspective change when when you started doing it for a living? Uh, it became a business, just like anything else. And it was it, you learn very quickly that you're a number. And everybody's expendable, just like in a business. If if you know if you don't produce, you'll go, and you, you you see people get cut. You see people 
get called into the manager's office and come out with tears in their eyes and you know eventually you're one of those guys but you, you know that your job's online every day but it's but you also got to achieve it at a level that very very few other people can ever say absolutely and that's what one of my guys he was here coaching uh we we met through facebook and everything and he he's from florida sebring florida mm-hmm. his, his guys got beat last night seven to five but he was one of them that you know he come up through here and he was an honor to, to be here but he was he was a minor league guy and, and that's we, we kind of had that we thought we we met and had lunch uh last friday and we we kind of talked about old times See, and, that's and good things that's but, it, that's but you know and when we talked about little league and, and even him he was like you know i mean these guys why they got beat last night he said we, we made three base running theirs they were small things but you know what? We got beat by two runs, and it cost us a game. And as we begin to wrap things up, I do just want to ask you that when, like I said, when when you guys got a call that we wanted to have you on this this program today as three of the better players that ever played in this game, what, what was your reaction? Were you just going, "Are you kidding me?" Or, if we're all honest, we got on our group text and, and we picked on people that it wasn't them because we were better. <laughs> Otherwise, they would have been invited. Exactly. If you were better than us, you would have been invited. And, and believe they it or chose not, us. The, the the talk of David and Corey being, but I mean that that's brought up quite often. That that you know that you know just uh, of them being uh, as good as they were, uh, as young as they were. We actually talk about it quite often. So it's it's not unusual for them to get called in. I don't know why I got. I, mean, I guess I just got to tag along with them, but. Uh, you but, but, but you've always been, David, a, a, a man of few words, really. I mean, how did you how did you react to it? When my first reaction was, "There's no way," you know, I'm not coming on the air talking about that because you know, and you alluded to it earlier. I knew I was pretty good, but I never thought I was awesome or you know, heads and tails over above everybody else. You know, I was just trying to ride these guys' coattails. They was, I mean, they were smashing and playing, and you had to. You had to catch up with them. Well, but there's something to be said for that, though. Inter-team competition, oh, yeah. friendly competition. It, it seems now where things have evolved in a negative way to where competition is a four-letter word. You know, parents will say, don't raise your voice to my son. Don't you don't you say this to my son. Don't you challenge my son. And I think the only people that are going to hurt in the long run right. is the son. Guys, great to be here in Laurel. Thank you. Appreciate it, Kelly. For, the, for the memories. That, and I, I would never want to have to go back and try to beat you again. <laughs> I didn't know how to do it the first time, so I don't, I don't know that I'd know how to do it the second time. But you're part of the reason why uh, Laurel baseball history has been so good for so long. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks, Gil. Corey Kaiser, David Tanner, Chuck Robertson. Thanks, guys. We're going to take a break. On the other side of the commercial break, Bob Getty, Bob Getty will rejoin us, and we'll get you up to date on all the sports headlines going on around the world as we continue live from the Dixie Youth Baseball World Series in Laurel, Mississippi. The Eagle Hour continues in a moment. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, thanks for joining us this afternoon for a special edition of the Eagle Hour from the Dixie Youth World Series in Laurel. And speaking of baseball, if you've got a baseball player at your household, no better place to take them than D-Bat. They've got some great They've got some great camps coming up for kids of all ages. You can reach out uh, to the good folks there at D1 and DBAT to get all of that information. They're located on Hardy Street. They do really state-of-the-art training for kids in baseball and softball. And on the other side of the venue, which is magnificent, 
uh, training for every athlete of every age. D1, D-Bat, I know Kelly Sanders been there. Kelly, it's uh, it's quite a facility, is it not? It really is. They've got the, the indoor turf so that you can uh, can work your sprints. They have free weights, and they'll tailor-make your, your sports weight training program specific to your sport. Obviously, a soccer guy is not going to train like an offensive tackle in football, so they kind of see what you're, what you're uh, wanting to do, and they'll tailor-make it for you. So uh, we highly recommend D1. Bob, and some other uh, sports headlines, the Ock Ness Monsters' little brother is headed to Southern Miss in baseball, Josh Ock. Wow. has announced on social media that he is headed to the University of Southern Mississippi. So Josh Ock, um, actually Baseball Incorporated is also posting that, that Josh Ock is announcing his commitment to the University of Southern Mississippi. So another Ock Ness monster <laughs> is headed to Hattiesburg. And it looks like Bob would, would inside 30 days now, right, before the uh, – before the first football game at Southern Miss, so we're heading down that home stretch. That practice continues to be really high-spirited and, and up-tempo energy. I think they may get a day off tomorrow. I may have, have my days off, but I think they're going to get one day off this week uh, before they wrap up week one. It's a new era, Kelly Sander. You, you can sense the excitement in the air. Uh, new quarterback in town, new coaching staff in town, a lot of reasons to be upbeat and excited about the upcoming football season. And, and I don't want to hammer this too hard, but there's also a new beer in town, Gold Rush, which is the Southern Prohibition blend that they've come up with specifically for Golden Eagle football fans that you'll be able to buy in the Rock and in and around the Hattiesburg area. I do want to do that sampling, that Correct. taste sampling on the air, Bob. We'll have to get together with those guys as uh, as Gold Rush is unveiled. And I po- believe we have to have law enforcement on site when we do that. <laughs> do we? Is that correct? Yeah. Just for a sampling? Yeah, just for a sampling. Well, it depends on, you know, as President Clinton would say, it depends on what you mean by sampling. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, my, my sample might be a little bit bigger anyway. than yours. Um, but a postscript to our interview here at the, at the Dixie Youth World Series, Todd. Elsie, of course, one of the, our guys at Super Talk, mentioned that he was on a team with Chuck Robertson, David Tanner, and Corey Cotton. And I said, wait a minute, you were on the same, same team with them? And, Bob, I can confirm that all three of those great players said if it weren't for Todd, they would have been thirsty the entire game. So Todd was there <laughs> and, and, and they with they would have hurt their and, arms carrying their bats around and stuff if it had not been for Todd. Right, Is that right? Yeah. Right. Todd right. was the was the equipment equipment and water boy for these guys uh, as as they played. <laughs> but uh, you know, Todd got a trophy too, yeah, right? There you so go. I guess that, that's all that matters. Well, well you man, know, the Kelly, economic impact of this thing, well, yeah, and you, and you know, in an area of the state that baseball is is so beloved from from Southern Miss uh, down to the uh, youth leagues. Uh, this is really baseball country in the state of Mississippi. So I think it's very fitting that the uh, Dixie Youth World Series is in Laurel. And I mean, my gosh, tip your hat to the city of Laurel. I think you said earlier this is the fourth time that they have that they have bid and won the bid and hosted this uh, tournament. And this facility, for a, for a city this size to have nearly – 400 acres of recreational uh, things to, and not just for the kids. There's walking trails. We mentioned for the little kids, there's the splash pads, there's the softball fields, the baseball fields, the soccer fields. I mean, something for the tennis courts, something for everybody of all ages. And that takes a commitment and financial and political 
commitment to get that done. And uh, and this isn't as as one of the guys was saying, you know these these fields are immaculate and uh, and would make any city proud. So, right. Laurel, city of Laurel should be saluted for their efforts here. This this last the last two or three weeks they've had teams in here. Also, want to remind so, our listening audience that again that tomorrow the JT show with Gerard will be broadcasting from ten to one out at the complex. As Super Talk continues its coverage of the Dixie Youth World Series, and uh, want to thank the city of Laurel as you just mentioned, uh, Kelly the. Jones County Board of Supervisors, Ellisville Auto Parts, Spartan Mosquito, Wally Forestry. They're sponsoring all of the Super Talk coverage of, uh, of the Dixie Youth World Series. Tomorrow on the show, more baseball. Ben Brewer, who is the new uh, assistant baseball coach on the Southern Miss Baseball Program, a former Hill Denson protege. Uh, he'll be on the show. Todd Pinkston on the show Thursday. Kelly, real quickly, you're going to be back at the Indy Speedway, and I think we're going to talk to you Friday from Excalibur Vapes. Uh, so, uh, you know, speaking of the gold rush beer and you don't want to hammer it too much, don't be hammered when we call you Friday afternoon, please. I'm, I'm a professional, Bob. That will not happen. And it'll also be a chance for me to get to talk to some SWA professional wrestlers. There we go. They're going to be on hand, I think, at Excalibur Vape. So if you guys get out of hand, you know, <laughs> I, right. I, know I know the Sikkim command words. There we go. Guys. All right. I want to thank Michael Morgans for producing for the uh, broadcast this afternoon on site. Todd Elsey set everything up for us. And Kelly, my thanks to you for uh, sitting out of heat and hosting it. I look forward to talking to you from Indianapolis Friday. And until then, everyone, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.